0: Welcome to the Crossroads Church Sermon Podcast. The following message is meant to help intersect your road with God's road. Crossroads Church gathers to discover God, grow in Him, and reach out to others. For more information, visit crossroadsstjames.life. How many Lutherans do I have in the house today? Or used to be in a Lutheran church or a Baptist church? You guys remember this hymn? This is something that, uh, I don't know, I just... Sometimes you just got to go back to some of the older songs. There's just such power in there. So there's a song called Draw Me Nearer. And you guys are welcome to sing with me. And if I sing out a tune, we're going to sing out a tune together, I guess, today.
1: (laughs) I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy blessed bleeding side hallelujah lord thank you lord thank you lord jesus lord we know god
0: i'm I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of heaven today and god without your blood Without the cross of Jesus Christ, we would not be able to even talk about heaven, Lord. We know the price that you paid for us. And God, we thank you for that. And we know it's not just about salvation, but there's so much more. So many other promises, God, about your blood, God, for our, for our bodies, for our health, for our families, for our country, Lord. We just ask you, God, that you would just pour that blood upon us, Lord. And God, you would help us to understand what you have for us, Lord Jesus. And what you want us to do, Lord God. That it truly is all about your kingdom, Lord. And your glory, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. If you could could sit down now. Do you know that the kingdom of heaven is never mentioned in the Old Testament. you guys know that? Isn't that amazing? It talks about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the Lord, but never once is the kingdom of heaven mentioned. Even though heaven is mentioned 700 times in the Bible, in 44 of the 66 books, you imagine that? 44 books of the Bible, heaven is mentioned. In Isaiah 55, 10, it talks about the first heaven. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return, there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The first heaven is what we see, you know, from the sky. A lot of people think that's where God the Father's at, of course. The second heaven, David wrote about in Psalm 19. The universe. You know, you look at the universe at night. Look up at the sky. I mean, you know it's God's glory. You know, you can't see the end of it. can't see the beginning of it. You don't know how far that star is away that you're even looking at. The third heaven is mentioned in Second Corinthians. It's the heaven of heavens according to Moses in Deuteronomy 10:14. Jesus taught his disciples to pray saying, "Our Father in heaven," referring to the third and the highest heaven. Psalm 103:19 says, "The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his heaven and his kingdom rules over all the third heaven." So there's three different heavens that the Bible talks about and refers to. Do you know where in the Bible, kingdom of heaven is even referenced in the Old Testament. Out of all the books, it's in Daniel. We just went through Daniel, didn't we? Daniel 6.26. Can you imagine that? Moses didn't talk about the kingdom of heaven, but Daniel did. And who else talked about the kingdom of heaven? Jesus. So many verses. If you guys go through those parables... I'm just going to reference them real quick here. Matthew 5.3 Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.10 Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6.19-21 lay, uh, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and dust corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. And then it continues to go on. Jesus, what happened? How could we go from an Old Testament that never talks about heaven to Jesus, the Son of God, comes into the picture, and that's all he does talk about. You can't go through. And I thought maybe, oh, it's just Matthew. No. Mark does the same thing. Mark 1.15, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Even Mark saw the same thing. You guys realize the whole New Testament is written by different people. And yet they see the same thing that Jesus says. Luke, my goodness, Luke got it too. And he said, unto you it is given to know, this is Luke 8.10. And he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables... That seeing they might not see, and hearing they may not understand. Over and over and over again, throughout the whole New Testament. It's not just the apostles. It's not just the disciples. Even Paul, who never even met Jesus, except when he, went, he got blinded by him and, and, and uh, got saved. In, uh, in Acts, confirming the souls of the disciples and extorting them to continue in faith and that we might, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Paul even got it. And he didn't even walk with Jesus, you know? And then in 1 Corinthians, the same thing, 420. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. I mean, what did Paul see? You know? And the disciples obviously saw it. We just saw Matthew, Mark, Luke. Oh, wait a minute. What about John? John? In Revelations 21, 1-27, through 27, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And if you keep reading there, it's over and over again about the kingdom of heaven, over and over again. It's just amazing to me how Jesus would come into the picture and how all of a sudden the kingdom of heaven is a huge deal. And yet, there's so many Christians today, when there's a talk of death, when there's a talk of going into the next life, instead of having a peace about it, there's a fear. Do you know there's actually an anxiety called death anxiety? It's existential Existential death anxiety stems from the basic knowledge that a human life must end. Existential death anxiety is known to be the most powerful form of death anxiety. It is said that language has created the basis of existential death anxiety through communication and behavioral changes. Other factors include an awareness of the distinction between self and others, a full sense of personal identity, and the ability to anticipate the future, the existential psychiatric Irvin Yalom asserts that humans are prone to death anxiety because our existence is forever shadowed by the knowledge that we will grow, blossom, and inevitably diminish and die. Do you realize that we're the only creature on the earth that knows that we are going to die someday? We have that realization. Human beings are the only living thing that are truly aware of its own mortality. If you ever get anybody that thinks that humans are just like apes and all this other stuff, it's baloney. They don't know their mortality, but we do. And spend time pondering the meaning of life, death, awareness of human mortality. Nowhere is this more evident is people in the church. I hate to say it. I, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm dealing with a situation right now with, with somebody in my family that will tell you to your face that he is ready to leave. But his U-Haul would be on the backside of that hearse because he's so connected to things. I got a challenge for you today. You, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't have a fear of death. And I got a challenge for you. Get a dumpster. Start filling it up with stuff. And you'll be free. We are hanging on to way too much stuff that we are not going to be able to take with us to the kingdom of heaven. You guys hear me today? And it's in the church, people that are church-going people that are connected to things. Stuff that doesn't matter. Doesn't hold anything. And I'm living through this right now. I'm telling you firsthand. I'm, I'm going through this right now. And it. And it's tough. It's, and it's somebody that, that I've grown up with, that I've grown up in revival meetings, thinking that we were going to be raptured before the service was over. And he can't let go of anything in his life. He's so bound by things. In this country, we are so bound by stuff. And you know what? What did Jesus talk about? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, not stuff. You know? So I'm going to challenge you. You think that you don't have a fear of death. Get yourself a nine-cube dumpster and start filling it up. And if you can let go of those things, you don't have a fear of death. But if you are connected to stuff, and those things are bound in your life, believe it or not, you have a fear of death in your life. And God revealed that to me. I was wondering, what the heck is going on? And I'm helping and I'm trying to be patient with this person and work through this situation as best I can. And I'm asking God, what is going on? And it's being attached to things. And in America, we are bound by stuff. we got too much crap in our lives. Amen? Amen? I mean, my goodness. This is pretty awesome. In Isaiah 65, can you turn there with me? Isaiah 65. I bet you you didn't think I was going to go into the fear of death today, did you? No. I mean, how can we go into the kingdom of heaven if we're afraid to die? We all know we have to transition, you know? What happens? Death leads to life. It's just like nature around us. Like these farmers that have to plant these fields. Then they have to cut these plants down and take all the fruit off of them. All right, Isaiah 65 says, I was asking God, I said, why don't you give me a chapter in the Bible that talks about the kingdom of heaven and what it truly is about? And then why do you think for a minute, why do you think in the Old Testament when it talks about the kingdom it's always referring to God and then why do you think Jesus when he refers to it he calls it the kingdom of heaven because it's where God is and at the time when Jesus came to the earth he was the kingdom of heaven he was God you know it was standing right in front of those disciples it was standing right in front of those people I am the kingdom of heaven But in the Old Testament, it wasn't revealed. you know the only two people that went to heaven in the Old Testament are Enoch and Elijah? That's it. I mean, you imagine Jesus standing before those Pharisees and talking about the kingdom of heaven, when only two people have gone. You know, nowadays we sit in church and we're always talking about heaven. Oh, it's great, we're going to go there someday. Pearly gates, golden streets. You know? This was foreign to them. You understand that? When Jesus was speaking about this stuff, this was very foreign to them. Absolutely foreign. So I asked God, I said, would you reveal a chapter in the Bible? And out of all the places, Isaiah 65. Here we go. I am sought of them that asked not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. Does that not sound like salvation? Were we looking for Jesus? I said, Behold me, behold me, unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, which walketh not in the way that was not good, after their own thoughts. A people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face, that sacrifices in the gardens, that burneth incense upon the altars of brick, which remain among the graves and lodge in monuments which eat swine's flesh and broth and abominable things in their vessels, which say, Stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. These are a smoke in my nose and a fire that burneth all day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silence, but will recompense, even recompense into their bosom. Your iniquities and the iniquities of your fathers Together saith the Lord, which have burnt incense upon the mountains and blasphemed me upon the hills. Therefore will I measure their former work into their bosom. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and and one saith, destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servants' sake, that I may not destroy them all. I mean the sin. You know, God is a righteous God. And humanity, I mean, we are not righteous. I mean, we're the complete opposite of that. And I will bring forth a seed out of Jacob and out of Judah, an inheritor of my mountains. And my elect shall inherit it, and my servant shall dwell there. And Sharon shall be a fold of flocks, and a valley of anchor a place for the herds to lie down for my people that have sought me but ye are but ye are they that forsake the lord that forgot my holy mountain that prepare a table for the troop that furnish the drink offering unto that number therefore will i number you to the sword and ye shall all bow down to the slaughter because when i called ye did not answer when I spake, ye did not hear, but did evil before mine eyes, and did shoes that wherein I delighted not. Number 13, therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but ye shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, and ye shall be ashamed. Behold, my servant, 14, shall sing for joy of heart, but ye shall cry for the sorrow of heart shall hollow for the vexation of spirit. And ye shall leave your name for a curse unto me, my chosen. For the Lord God shall slay thee and call his servants by another name. That he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hid from mine eyes. For behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. And I got a reference here of Jeremiah 31, 34. It is like God saying, I will remember their sins no more. I mean, that is powerful, guys. God, you want to talk about mercy, everything that we read just now. You know, it's reaping and sowing in this world. If we reap good things... We're going to get good things. We reap bad. We shouldn't expect good things to happen. But God says he's going to look the other way. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. You know, we talked about that. What's not going to happen in heaven? No more pain, no more sorrow. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor of old men, and hath not filled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old. Do you imagine that? But the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build... And inherit, inhabit, they shall not plant another and eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offering with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Do you see the difference between the beginning of this chapter and the end of this chapter? Now look to this last verse. We're going to do 25. And the wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like a bullock, and the dust shall be his serpent's meat. Who's a serpent? Satan. And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. I mean, Isaiah 65 is such an amazing, amazing promise of the Lord upon us. Now, when you think of heaven, what do you think of? God is there. According to Deuteronomy 21, 22 through 27, the presence of the God and our ability to look at on him will occupy our affections, emotions, thoughts, conversations, songs, forever and ever and ever. Do we understand that? Like, heaven is forever. Right now, this is not forever ever what we have right now. You know, those of us that are getting up there in age, I just turned 49. I look back, how quickly 20 years goes by. 20 years. And some of you guys, 40 years, 50 years. How quickly does that go by? Time, what is time, guys? What truly is time? Jesus himself said that eternal life is knowing God. Isn't that funny? How in the Old Testament, the kingdom of God, it wasn't the kingdom of heaven, it was the kingdom of God. Because what's the point of heaven without God? There's no point of it at all. The presence of God will be so fascinating and thrilling and mind-boggling, it will literally take forever to get over it. you imagine that? I mean, we get a touch every Sunday we come in here. Maybe God zaps us a little bit. Makes us feel a little better about our situations. But do you imagine that happening every single day, every single minute, every single hour? That God's presence is around you? And literally, unlike coming to church, you can see it with your own eyes. That's the glory of God. What else is in heaven? Well, we believe that believers preceding us and death are there we have family members we that have passed away we know they're there i'm not sure how it works i'm not sure how it looks but something wonderful is going on even now for those who are awaiting their glorified bodies jesus told the thief on the cross that he would be with him on the very day in paradise in luke 23 4 43 also paul mentioned his desire to depart and be with Christ. While those, as he continued on, on Philippians 1:23, I am not sure how it works, but there is paradise waiting for those who pass on before Jesus' return. You know another interesting thing that's in heaven? The Bible talks about in Revelation 4:5 that there are creatures who were created specifically to worship God in heaven. Can you imagine that? I'm I'm hoping that it's like Silky or one of my animals that one day maybe goes there. Maybe you guys are hoping too that your pets are going to be there with them too. (laughs) It says that there are so many angels in heaven. They will be covering the beach like sand. You imagine that? Revelations 5.11.
1: You imagine that?
0: Like, you, you guys ever been to the beach? You ever been to the ocean? Doesn't it look like it never ends? You imagine, that's what the angels are going to look like. Okay? According to Revelations. The fifth thing is a central fig, uh, fi, uh, a central feature will be like a lion and a lamb, or a lamb and a lion. Jesus, the Lion King, Lion-like king of the universe, full of majesty and power, gave himself as a sacrificial lamb for us. The one who will be worshipped and praised and honored will be exalted as a lion who came as a lamb, and a lamb who is majestic like a lion. That's Revelations 5, 5-14. I'm glad I'm not doing all these verses. We'd be here all day. There will be representation from every people group on the planet in heaven. Can you imagine that? You want to talk about diversity? We talk about diversity a lot nowadays. But heaven will be represented by every single people group. You imagine the languages, you know, the different color of people that we're going to see in heaven. You want to talk about diversity? Number seven. There will be no more pain, crying, cancer, temptation, grief, regret, wrinkles, surgeries, cavities, commercials, ISIS, racism, sexual confusion, (laughs) Uh, pornography, traffic, anger, rage, foul language, cigarette smoke, calories, weight gain. There will be no more presidential elections. Abortions, funerals, drunk drivers, ambulances, police chases, mortgage payments, family feuds, arguing, lying, alarm system, taxes. I bet you we like that one. Drowning, snake bites, dog bites, jellyfish stings, mosquito bites, fear, anxiety, boredom, and brokenness. No more of any of those things. And I'm sure that list could continue to go. Number eight, he will continue to make all things new. Now, how do you do that? You got a God that comes up with this idea of heaven, okay? And it sounds like such a majestic thing. But how every single day can he create it to be new? You imagine that? I'm not sure exactly what it will look like. I'm not sure how it will play out. But the Bible points to the fact that the earth we now see and enjoy and live in will be made new in Revelations 21. It will be like the beauty of a creature we see and enjoy now without the stuff that messes everything up. The earth as we know it will be restored to what it was before sin destroyed its intended purpose. Of gener- uh, That was in Genesis 1 and 2. We won't have to imagine what it would be like to watch a sunset at the beach or a sunrise in the mountains with perfect temperatures. We won't have to worry about it stopping or going away or not happening because of the clouds or the rain. We won't have to worry about the perfect time of day for a photo. We won't have to take a photo because we will have what we have to enjoy forever and ever and ever. There won't be any need for memories. We won't want to remember the good old days. The days will always be good and perfect and full of joy. Come on, there should be a hallelujah here. I just don't know if we can get our minds around it (laughs) when you think about heaven and what it truly is. Just studying the little that I did, it's so beyond us.